This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. Woo! James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping out the rest of the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bits. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get it on the road. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd. And thank you for listening. SocialSuitsPlace.com. BWB, what's up? I'm a girl One Nation Radio. Yeah, I know. Welcome to the August 6th edition of One Nation Live. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Apparently, uh, it was imperative that I had to report live from the underground, so I guess I'm here today. <laughs> and, and joining us for the first time on One Nation Radio is Mike Rash. Mike, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing? Good uh, to be here. Yeah, man. Uh, a long time coming. Uh, we, we've been, you know, meaning to do this for a long time, but I saw, like, the perfect opportunity. I saw something come across my timeline the other day. It was uh, the last tangle in Tampa, and I immediately uh, texted you this picture, and then once you told me you were there, I was like, we need to talk about this, because this card was stacked. So, Mike, before we get started with that, um, the first time someone comes on One Nation Radio, One Nation Live, uh, make sure you, uh, or excuse me, I was thinking of something else. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but the first time we have someone come on the show, we just like to have them kind of run down their wrestling history, uh, name their favorite matches and, you know, favorite wrestlers. Uh, so I've been a fan since probably the early seventies. Um, used to be a, my first big, uh, favorite wrestler was of course, uh, Jack and Jerry Briscoe. Who we were like huge in Florida for for Dusty's turn. Um, you know, like Dusty Rhodes, uh, later on like the big Barry Windham fan, Horseman, and uh, we used to love watching the seeing the highlights from the Dory Funk Jr. Jack Briscoe matches back in the early 70s, which were classics, um, when they were doing the chase for a world title. And yeah, that's about it. For sure, man. I remember one time you told me um, Dusty's face turn was like the greatest face turn in the history of the business. I, could you elaborate on that a little bit before we get in? Uh, before we get into running through the tangle in Tampa, what face turn uh, can you name that that probably drew more money over the years than Dusty Rhodes' face turn? I mean, it's just unbelievable how how big he became. I mean, he was big as a heel, but. Man, after that match with uh, Pac Song and Gary Hart, and he turned on him. Yeah, you see how big Dusty became. You know, uh, a big name all over the country. He can go from Florida to New York and sell out Madison Square Garden without any kind of uh, hype. You know, he would go wrestle in Atlanta, and just—I mean, he was huge after that—that uh, that, uh, face turn. Yeah, man, like. Um, and, and as you you mentioned, like like he, I, I remember hearing that story about du them just putting Dusty Rhodes like in the advertisements, and he's never been in Madison Square Garden and sold it out. And it's not like they had the internet back then. Three times, I think, three times against uh, Graham. Right. Yeah. 
And as a time, mm-hmm. like, not only, there were, I mean, I mean, Flair could, there were only like a handful of guys that could do that, that sort of thing. Um, and you're also talking about a time before cable and before social media. I mean, there was no. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't, if you were living in Florida, you saw Florida wrestling, and that was basically it. And same thing if you were living in, in New York. Right. That, that must have been, like, a crazy time, like, to, uh, to to be a fan and then see how much has changed now. Like, in your mind, Mike, what's the, what's the biggest difference, like, um, between being a fan from, like, the 70s and 80s and then, like, being a fan today and, like, how you basically consume wrestling? I just lot of, I mean, a lot of differences. You know, back then you only had the one hour, one once a week, Saturday nights, to watch wrestling. And, that sounds lovely. You know, now you got... Now it's just so bomb. You got seven, eight hours on TV. You got a WWE network, social media. I also think, too, that, you know, back in the day when you had wrestlers, they come in, they'd wrestle for a half a year, a year in your area and leave. And nobody ever really got stale. And I think it's one of the big problems now in WWE is you got guys like Orton and stuff that have been there forever. (laughs) They're stale. I mean, Kane, Big Show, Mark Henry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was around forever. That's, just having one promotion really kills. You know, it's no surprise. Got somebody showing up as a surprise. There is nobody to show up as a surprise anymore. I just be some of the biggest, biggest things with somebody just all of a sudden a big name coming in and interfering in a match on TV, not even knowing he was in the area. And you can't have that anymore. Yeah. All right, man. Um, Unless you're Jericho. You? Yeah, that's true. Jericho that's keep, it. keeps it keeps it, yeah. keeps it quite a secret. Um. So yeah, let, let's 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 run down the card, man. Like I, I guess we can start with the uh, with the main event. Uh, it was the last single in Tampa. It took place on August third, nineteen eighty, in Tampa Stadium, which no longer exists. I was informed. So, so Mike, when you um, were going to, how did you like find out about this show? Like, was it like just something you know on weekly television? Like they were like, oh, yeah. hey, they promoted it pretty heavily on TV. In fact, we weren't even planning on going. I was at a week before the show. I was uh, visiting my grandparents in North Carolina, and they were having a Mid-Atlantic card mm. there. And I asked my dad, you know, hey, can we go to that card? And dad goes, well, when you were at go see the card in Tampa Stadium? I said, hell yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, the card, it was a small town. The card up there was, I think, Blackjack Mulligan and a bunch of jobbers. So, so that was a way to get in to go see the, the show. But it was pretty heavily promoted on the – uh, the weekly show for sure man i see like the only like big name it looks like around that time unless i'm missing somebody like is like the only person that isn't there is flair so he must have been somewhere else at this time <laughs> i think flair was i mean flair hadn't even come to florida yet um before so i don't think flair was i mean as far as a local name was a big name right in right. florida but, All right, uh, so um, like let's let's just go through the card. Um, we had Dusty Rhodes take on Harley Race. Like, how how big of a match was this at the time? Like, like I hear those names and those guys are like obviously like legends. But when you see them, it's like Harley Race, the toughest motherfucker who ever lived, essentially yes. <laughs> against yes. against the beloved like Dusty Rhodes. Like, you know, a little bit his belly is big and his hiney's big, but you know, he, whatever. <laughs> like, like the only the only way that the only way that Harley Race could look any bit tougher if his hands were, were caked in like mortar oil. That's about it. <laughs> so this was a two out of three falls no DQ match. Take us through this, Mike. Well, the whole 
uh, thought of the match was you know, Dusty had had Dusty had won the title like a year before, held it for like five days, and then every other time they wrestled, it was always like a DQ or something like that. So Dusty made a statement that if he didn't win the title, he would never wrestle uh, wrestle Holly Race for the NWA World Title again. Oh this is the last time ever. This is it. Of course, of course, that was a bunch of crap. <laughs> So, but you, you say something like that, you make it believe that oh, Dusty's going to win the title on this. Uh, you know, you don't make that kind of a statement unless he's going to win the title. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, was, I say it was a hot, hot night, and again, give props to them that they can go 60 minutes in a match. Uh, Fritz von Erich was the special referee, and it looked like times looked in the match like, like he wasn't going to make it through the 60 minutes. It was so oh. hot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. <laughs> but it's, so, he had a little trouble coming out after the first uh, fall, and he wasn't even wrestling. So, but yeah, it was a long match. Dusty, I, Dusty's not a sixty-minute, sixty-minute guy. So, it was a little rough at times. A lot, a lot of wrestles. Like I said it was steaming hot. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why you would do a card like that in a stadium in, in, in the middle of August in in Florida. And I'm gonna Kinda guess. Great. I'm gonna guess there weren't there wasn't any AC. Yeah, <laughs> and oh, the worst man. part too is that it rained earlier. Oh So man. it just made the rain just you know it's hot down here and it rains. Yeah, and it just makes it steamier. Man. That's exactly what it was like. August. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was August third, nineteen eighty, James. So oh, like it, it was like thirty seven year anniversary of it. Yeah. Um. So in that match, it looks like I'm looking at the results now. Dusty Rose did defeat Harley Race for that championship. Um. This and this was one of the ones where like Rose never really held the title for a long time. Wow. Why, why was that? Well, your NWA title is a guy who had to travel around and go sixty minutes all the time and. Mm-hmm. You know, you had guys like you know Dory Funk Jr. and Jack Briscoe and Race who could do that, right? And I don't think uh, Rhodes was the guy. Plus, another thing was back then you had to have a guy who could handle himself in the ring. In case you know, if you're wrestling in some area and some guy wants to go ahead and just pull a fast one on you in the middle of the ring, <laughs> that's the whole the thing. That's why you had guys like Jack Briscoe. Nobody's going to shoot on Jack yeah. Briscoe, right? Yeah, and real also, shooters. And also, one of the things that they love, they love NWA. They love them some traveling heels champions. So yeah. you go out there, you go to your your, your territory, um, whoever you're the, the top guy in who and you know in Houston, for example, you go wrestle that dude into a, into a uh, a Broadway, and then you leave. Yeah, you're on your own as champion. But yeah, so, yeah, some places they had you know you. Wrestling, they said, well, sometimes you wrestle in places and there weren't the wrestlers there weren't very good. You had to carry somebody, yeah. literally carry somebody to, 60, to a 60 minute match. I mean, nowadays, and I don't think Dusty's a guy who can do that. I mean, nowadays, you got to carry the champion, you know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now you got to carry gender. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome, Mike. Um, so. <laughs> So the uh, the the semi main event was uh, as I mentioned the main event was for the NWA uh, World Heavyweight Title and then the semi main event was for the WWF Heavyweight Title. So like, how the hell did this work? Um, I guess from what I've been reading lately, Bob Backlund is because uh, uh, this man Senior and Eddie Graham were big uh, were like really uh, good friends. In fact, they often uh, called each other for advice uh, on how to book their businesses. So a lot of times that Backlund came down and wrestled, uh, he had wrestled here in Florida before. Um, in fact, one of the reasons he got the title 
Eddie Graham recommended him to be WW, uh, WWF champion at the time. So, I, so it was kind of common for him to come down and, and, and do a uh, show every once in a while. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> and I'm guessing Morocco, after this match, went to WWF and wrestled Backlund up there. So Morocco was always a, one of my favorites. Was was Morocco like huge, huge like stature wise by that point in time? I mean, size wise, like yes. he was in the W. No, but he was yeah he was a yeah he was a big draw. He wrestled all throughout the seventies and early eighties in Florida. He was in and out. Okay, because he used know, to be a, a big baby face. And then he turned heel, and then he you know he had to go against Snooker. Right. Like I was just wondering, like because I was wondering, like at what point did there had to be? Was he always gigantic like that? Like. Or was or did was there a point where like eventually like next thing you know like he's he's you know he can't even walk through the door he's so big. <laughs> yeah, he's a good he was a he was a good sized guy, but he definitely was. I'm guessing was probably on something on that gas when he went to WWE because I mean he yeah he got really big. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so he took on Bob Backlund for the WWF heavyweight title in the uh, undercard. Looks like that match ended by a DQ. Uh, what what uh, memories did you have with this match, Mike? Uh, it was a pretty good tag sound match. You know, Backlund was a little, I don't know, he's a little boring. I don't think he's the kind of guy that, especially he wouldn't get over today. Even back then, he was... I don't. Th- I can't believe he held the title that long up there. Anymore. <laughs> it was like six years, right? Remember, Snooker was hiring yeah. him. Oh my he was, gosh, he was, he was kind of blah. He's kind of boring. Right. Uh, well, he was. He was the whitest. He, well, he was here in Florida. He was boring. Wow. <laughs> Man. No, he's, he was, don't get me wrong. He was a good technical wrestler right. and everything like that, but he had no fire, no, no Ooh. charisma. Man. Wow. And Vince Senior was like, "Yeah, we gonna make this dude the champion." Like, like. Well, as soon as Vince bought the company, he was like, oh, no, we we getting rid of all this. Like, we're, we're going to Hogan. Like, like, oh, yeah, that one never worked. I mean, I always took it as, like, you know, when they, cho- when they chose him to beat um, Graham, it was like they basically went to the route of they chose substance over Flash. Right. Almost. You know, obviously, you yeah. know, when you get Billy, you get uh, Graham come out here talking about like he can swim, he can swim the English Channel and all, <laughs> and, and he, you know, and all the other ridiculous stuff he used to say doing promos and bring him in because he was incredible. Like for me, he was almost like I was listening, I was actually watching uh, the first SummerSlam main event last night, uh-huh. and he's on commentary with, with Gorilla Monsoon, and I thought to myself while listening, and, and I had to actually check the, the commentary because I'm thinking at certain points like. Is that Dusty Rose? No, that can't be Dusty Rose. Is that Dusty Rose though? And I'm thinking, so, no, no, it can't be. That's got to be Graham, because uh-huh. like, because there's no like, there's no lisp and there's no like real twang, but the voice is still kind of kind of sounds the same. Talking that so, job. So then I <laughs> speaking of job, he says when 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 when, uh, when Savage tags in Hogan, he says this this is my this is my double main man, ho- ho- the hoster. and I was like, oh my god, but. Yeah, but I looked up and I saw it was him on commentary. I thought to myself like, okay, that's where that's where the transition. And I was like, and like that was just a weird like WWE seemed like a weird spot. But like getting back to um, the card, um, at the time, like at the time, did you had you ever seen Backlund before, or was this kind of like a first time you ever the first time to see him uh, live? Backlund, uh, yeah, it's the first time I saw him live, but he was. He wrestled in Florida 
Okay. Uh, say like three or four years before then. Ah. All right. Uh, I think it was a, like a. I think the best he was like maybe a tag team. I think he had a tag team with Steve Kern, and they were champions. But hmm. I don't think hey, before he went to WWF, he ever really main evented anywhere. It's which crazy. Is kind of surprised. That's crazy. Like when you think about it, but very nuts. Um, so it looks like the uh, third match down was less. Nor- it was the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Title match. Uh, it was Les Thornton defeating Mike Graham, who we love to talk about uh, on this show and in our group. Um, oh. Mike, Mike Graham fa- famously, you know, said Jeff Jarrett broke uh, 10,000 guitars and never drew a dime. So I didn't know Mike Graham was actually a wrestler. Like, <laughs> so uh, t- t- tell me about this Les Thornton versus uh, Mike, Mike, Thram match. Mike, uh, Mike Graham match. Uh, as a Les Thornton was the junior heavyweight champion. Yeah, they bring him in every once in a while. I don't know how far recognized the title was, but they'd bring him in every, every once in a while to wrestle like Graham or Kern or Jerry Briscoe. Um, really technical sound guy, but again, little no flash, no another guy who just wouldn't make it in right. today's uh, business. Right. Uh, but I'm not sure he was a really good shooter and everything. He was, you know, uh, Mike Graham. Was I thought was a really good worker. He has had a couple things going against him. Size is his biggest enemy, mm-hmm. and his father being a promoter, I think, hurt him. And yeah. he was never going to go anywhere in Florida because he always had Briscoe and and Rhodes here. There was nowhere for him to go that but where he was at. Right. No. He, he was he was he was a good worker. Now what he is was, I know he gets a lot of bad. Let's see now, but. Simon's crazy. He says, from Jeff Jarrett to Jinder Mahal, never drew a dime. <laughs> uh, my boy Josh looks like, he said, uh, Bat- Backlund headlined in Japan a lot and toured all over the new, I, I don't know what he said. Plus, his charisma is underrated. So, um, And then, uh, what's up, Nick? I see you listening. Scott Parlett, what's going on? Um, when I see NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship, I think of one man. The great Danny Hodge. <laughs> now, 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 Mike, like, are you familiar with Danny Hodge? Even before, and, my, even before my time. Okay, because because Danny Hodge is like the fifties and sixties. Really, I thought he was like the seventies. I mean, maybe he. How old do you think today. I am, Rich? I don't know, Mike. You I, tell me. I would be like this. Like he wrestled in tag matches with like uh, with with um, Bill Watts. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I see Bill Watts has wrestled in Florida. I remember that. I'm old enough to remember that. Man. Early 70s. Man. So um, what makes this like uh, such a super card is and now those are the top three matches. Now, when you start getting to the rest of the card, so who's who of like essentially like wrestling Hall of Famers. You got the Koloffs. You got Barry Windham. You got Jack Briscoe. You got Jerry Briscoe. You got Andre the Giant. Uh, you got uh, Lord Alfred Hayes, who I didn't even know was an actual wrestler. Like, so <laughs> let's let's get into the the rest of this card. So um, we had Andre. You, the I mean, jo- you, had, you had the Briscoes on the bottom of the card. That tells you how big a card it was. Yeah, yeah, especially here. No, Although they were yeah, in Florida. I mean, what really to me what really lets me know how big this card is is eighty two, and, and Andre the Giant's like not even he's not even in the t- third from the top. Like all, no, the, yeah. all the stuff you hear about Andre being like the big, like the biggest draw, like going from place to place, and you know having these like you know you know pretty pretty standard issue blase matches. Like 
like Piper used to talk about, like they would go out and they were like, yeah, I'm going to take your shirt, I'm going to rip your shirt off, and I'm going to put my put your put your small shirt over me, and then mm-hmm. oh, so the thing we did like the other day, like, <laughs> so so like that's and apparently he was a huge attraction. Everybody wanted to see a seven foot four freak, seven foot four allegedly, you know. Yeah. So Andre, like we have, we we like to clown uh, and basically say Andre Giant. Like I, I heard stories about how he would like refuse to take pictures with Wilt Chamberlain, <laughs> and he would like run out of buildings when people would want pictures uh, with him. Was he really that big or no? Well, I understand he wasn't, but you also remember back then there wasn't a lot of big guys. Yeah. You know, you see now you watch wrestling. There's always guys who are 300 pounds plus. Mm-hmm. There was few. There were few guys back there who were who were that big. So he always looked. I mean, as big as they said he was. Man. <clears throat> um. So we got a question from uh, Jared Lark. Uh, he says, uh, "Who do you think is the biggest draw of all time across all eras?" Well, I'm. Gonna... I have to say Austin or Hogan, I guess. I mean, Rose would be right up there, but Rose wasn't, you know, wrestling in in a national company. I, I guess it'd be a lot Austin. Of places. You think it'd be Austin? I, yeah, I guess it would be Austin. Like compared to Hogan, and Hogan had like a decade long. <clears throat> well, Austin had like More all shows. all that pay per view business and all the merch, like. But it was only like, well, that run was only what five years. Yeah. All right. So how does that compare to like say Cena? I think Cena's like that next level down. I mean, obviously Cena's not like that. Cena's not never was like at the top. Like his best years, like were never on par with, say, a Rock or Austin or a or even like an Anoki or whatever. Uh-huh. But the whole thing is like he was doing it for so he's been doing it for so freaking long and doing so many more shows and these guys were more you know it's kind of. I mean, I don't know. Like, how do you break it down? Like, do you mean like? The biggest, like the guys doing like the biggest gates, or, or just basically like accumulate, like total accumulation, like uh, stat padding. Uh, Nicholas Guerrero says Austin. Uh, he says Austin. Vince saying he was the greatest superstar of all time says it all. Uh, and I think Austin or Vince actually said that probably like around 2006. So I always heard people describe it as Hogan made uh, Vince a billionaire. Or uh, like a mil- uh, then Vince lost it, and then Austin got him back there, and he was always more appreciative of, of Austin or whatever. Uh, and speaking of drawing, I'm pull- I came across a column about this show. Um, basically, they said Dusty Rose like slightly overestimated how many people were there. You know, if you know anything about Dusty Rose, you know he's prone to a little Not bit of is, yes. <laughs> so, well, well, so is the wrestling business. I right. mean, WWE still jacks up their attendance by like three thousand every single show. Right. So he was saying there were about twenty thousand people. How many people you you would say were there, Mark? Mike, probably like seventeen, sixteen. Yeah, I think that's probably about it more accurate because you know the ring was set up in like one end of the stadium. It wasn't like it was in the middle of the stadium or anything like that. Right. So you it, know one. So they gold, drew gold, gold. that night. The gross gate was one hundred sixty thousand dollars, which translates today to four hundred eleven thousand one hundred ninety six dollars. So it's like half WrestleMania. Yeah, um, yeah. This is a uh, it's a it, the show went four and a half hours. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see what else we got on the card. The next match it was Andre the Giant versus the Super Destroyer. Who the hell was the Super Destroyer? <laughs> 
It was supposed to be Ernie Ladd, but he no-showed. Oh, man. Right. Disappointed. That would have been a great match. Uh, the Superstar had already wrestled. So it was kind of, that was kind of a letdown. Um, not seeing Ernie Ladd there because I was a big Ernie Ladd, Ladd fan. He was a great heel. Yeah. But, uh... Would, Ernie yeah, Ladd would have been right up my alley. I, 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 like, <laughs> I've always heard about him being a great heel. I, just, I, I mean, but I've never really saw him in action. So I wonder, like, what was he doing to, to, to get heat? I wonder. Talking that shit. <laughs> oh, my. I mean, but yeah, always, was he like Thunderbolt Patterson? You know what I mean? No, he's better than Thunderbolt Patterson. On the mic, really? Yes. Wow. Would you agree, Mike? Uh, Yeah, wow. I think so. Like, you know, plus, he also had the size and everything to back up. But the only thing I always remember about him is that every every interview, because he's always bad mouth and Rhodes, he never called him Dusty. He always called him Dirty Rhodes. Dirty Rhodes. And if you ever go back and, and see a clip on YouTube or something, Dirty Rhodes. Oh, man. Because, uh, you know, he always thought Dirty, Dusty Rhodes was the was the heel. And he wasn't. That's my awesome. Favorite, my favorite story about Ernie Ladd was the fact that, like, he's he's – like apparently they were trying to set him up in um, in San Francisco. Like they put Gene LaBelle underneath the underneath the mask. Oh man! Uh, yeah, because apparently somebody there was some issue over payment over a, over a payout. So next time he shows it to San Francisco, he uh, they put him in the ring with uh, with Gene LaBelle was under mask on. So that man smoked the setup. He got out the ring, got the fuck out of there. <laughs> like I was like, that's a smart man. Ain't about to shoot on me. Yeah, you ain't gonna shoot on me with you ain't gonna shoot on me with no dude that's nicknamed Judo. I'm good. Get out of here. Like, like you're. Your name is a dis or your nickname is a discipline. Yes. Fuck out of here! <laughs> oh man. Uh, so uh, yeah, it looked like Andre got the win over him. Not shockingly. Um, nope. So in the match previously before that was a match versus or mass versus mass. It was said Super Destroyer, and he took on Mister Florida. So if you're Mister Florida, who is this guy? Paul like, Jones. It was who. Paul Jones. Paul not, Jones. not the manager. You remember him as a manager in uh, really? Crockett. Wow. He was good. He sucked as a manager. He was a good worker, wrestled a lot in Florida. Uh, came in under, he had a really good angle. Came in under a mask. I don't know reason behind that was. The whole angle was he was wrestling Superstore on TV, uh, who was managed by Sir Oliver Humperdinck. And he grabs, uh, Superstore uh, took Sir Oliver Humperdinck's cigar. And shoved it in Mr. Florida's eye and burned his eye. So he was doing a little blind thing, you know, for a while. Okay, so that was an angle. That's funny. Okay, so I have a question on Paul Jones. Um, I listen to uh, a few guys that do retro reviews, um, like Brian and Vinny, for example. And there's an argument between um, Mike Simpervivi, your homeboy, Uh who watched that stuff growing up. Who doesn't watch? He never watched it back. Just watched it. Remember from a child's mindset, right? And going back between Alvarez and and um, Brian, and they're reviewing NWA '89, and they're saying, and they have arguments over: was Paul Jones good, or was Paul Jones was Paul Jones good? Was Paul Jones bad, or was Paul Jones not just not as good as like Cornette, for example? Uh huh. Because there were a bunch of managers back then, and they were all really good. Right. And except Paul Jones, <clears throat> like probably the work, like the you know, the furthest back, but I mean, it's, you're comparing him to Cornette. Is that right. really fair? Do you, uh, you can't compare anybody to Cornette. Now, in your, in your opinion, was he actually, was he really that bad or was it just that there were other guys that were just so much better than him around? As a, as a manager? Yes. Yeah, I thought I thought he was terrible as a manager. Okay. okay. Um, but as a worker, he was a good worker and he, 
I don't know what happened between him being a wrestler and him being a manager, but he was a good talker and good worker in the ring. Always drew pretty good when he was here. Uh, had big feuds with Jack Briscoe for the longest time in this uh, back in the seventies. Wow, man! <clears throat> so the next match on the card looks like we had good old Jerry Briscoe defeating Lord Alfred Hayes. So like we, you know, we grew up. Uh, I I grew up. You know, the first time I ever heard of Gerald Briscoe, he was a stooge. <laughs> so there's got to be a, a a big contrast for how you looked at Gerald Briscoe growing up and how I looked at him growing up. But uh, shouts out to Gerald Briscoe, who I believe is a member of this group. Um, so what? yeah, it's like I think Jeremy added added him in because I think Jeremy like knows him in some some way. Jeremy knows Gerald Briscoe. Yeah, I, I want to say oh, that man. he does. So um, definitely one of my favorites growing so, up. So um, the like the, these guys are like great workers. Like obviously, like way back then. So like, what about Lord Alfred Hayes? Because <laughs> I I only know him from the commentary in, in WWF back in the days. Yeah, I I think he came in and wrestled a little bit, had a little program with Jerry Briscoe. I think he came in because later on they had to run an angle where uh, Sarver Humpernake had lost the match to Dusty Rhodes and he was made made Dusty Rhodes' uh, valet for 30 days. And Lord Alfred Hayes kind of snuck in and stole the Humpernake stable. So I think he was just biding his time to be a manager at this, at this point. Mm, gotcha. But, yeah, it was an okay match. Uh, Jerry Briscoe won. Yep, yep. Uh, and plus, I don't know how old Alfred Hayes was at this time either. I, I don't. I said I thought he was just a manager until he started wrestling, but that didn't last long at all. Crazy man! It seems like back then they just plugged you in wherever. <laughs> like, yeah. like we need you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you want to you want to get booked? All right. Uh, so there was a seven woman battle royal. The only thing I can see is the winner. Do you happen to remember the ladies that were in this battle royal? Man, I tell you the truth, I do. There's a couple of matches on the beginning of this card. I don't know if we were late. I don't remember the first call. I don't remember the Battle Royal. Gotcha. But women's wrestling back then, I don't even understand the, not to try to be sexist or anything, I don't understand the purpose. I mean, it wasn't like somebody was going to think about this card and say, oh, well, it's a women's match, so I'll go. You know, it, it just, they you know, something was thrown the money, on at the end, I guess. Is, is what you're essentially getting at. They weren't drawing the money. Back then, oh, I don't see how you could draw the money. It, it, so like, every lot it'd be a match on, but yeah. So like, what I what I gathered like throughout the history of women's wrestling, like there was a period probably like a lot. They would do this. They'd be like, we've got the women and we've got the midgets, and that would be like in the early fifties and sixties, and they were big draws. And then there was like a long lull, and this was probably like square in the middle of that lull. So. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. <laughs> um, yeah, the purpose. I mean, because I mean, at this point in time, like right now, I guess like Glow is starting up. Because eighty is eighty two, right? This is eighty. Eighty. So like, two, years, like, like two, <laughs> two, three years from now. Right. <clears throat> okay. Um. So before the, uh, before that, we had Jack Briscoe take on Mr. Saito. So who was better, Jack or Jerry? Well, I think they're a lot very similar. Um. You know, Jack probably has a better uh, you know, pedigree. He was an NCAA champion, and, you know, he did more in the business. But uh, they were very similar. I think they were both really good workers. And, and from what I understand, nobody wanted to ever mess with those two in the ring. You don't, you don't <laughs> want to get cute with them. So. Oh, man. 
Um, I, there's there's nothing to me better than hearing about how old Jack Briscoe or Jerry Briscoe what would give guys to work that were in like their primes. Um, so uh, it looks like Dick Slater and Barry Windham had a match for the Florida Southern Heavyweight uh, Championship, whatever title that was. Um, so Dirty Dick Slater and Barry Windham. Yeah, I heard you earlier mention Barry Windham was one of your favorite guys, and I've always I've talked to a couple of my uh, other. Uh, friends that are fans from that era and Barry Windham's always a name I heard come up like what what was it about Windham that made him like so special and then why do you think he ultimately didn't reach the levels that you may have like thought he uh was capable of reaching I think he was such a good worker he was so smooth in the ring I mean which is totally different from Blackjack from his father but you know he came in that Right around that time, he wasn't a big, you know, really big then. He was just basically, I'd say, probably his first year or so in the business. So it wasn't, you know, big then. But, uh, yeah, he was just so uh, good in the ring. I think, I think to me, some of the matches I've seen wrestle with Ric Flair were better than the Flair Steamboat matches. Man. Not that they weren't either. Hot but take. he was just that good. He, he would have been a perfect uh, NWA champion. And I don't know why they ever, they never gave him the title. Yeah, I think I, I want to say Wyndham might have got like the. He was under consideration this week. Yeah, he got the later on when he beat the. He got the like Buddha. the the yeah the other title because oh. when WCW had two world titles, he got right. like the other one I think. But um, uh, besides that, it looks like it was Bugsy McGraw and Dick Murdoch. They defeated the Koloffs. Oh, racist Dick Murdoch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then Jimmy Garvin. Well, I tell you what, he was a he was a hell of a worker too. Yep, that's uh, that's what I've heard a bunch of times too. Yeah, he would have been. I think I understand. He would have probably been the NWA champion, but they couldn't control him. Not shocked. He was sort of, <laughs> he was sort of, he was sort of a troublemaker. Did you ever hear the story about how uh, Dick Murdoch bought Dusty Rose to a clan party and, and Dusty ain't know it? What? So oh, no. <laughs> So wow. like, like I heard one time he bought Dusty to this party and he was like, "Hey man, where you taking me?" Like, and you know, he got there and then he realized that he was at a, uh, a pretty much a, a clan party or whatever. And then Dusty was like, "Nah, man, I ain't with, I ain't with this shit." That's funny. <laughs> um, so before that, it looks like Jimmy Garvin defeated Bobby Jaggers. And is this the same Jimmy Garvin from the Freebirds? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I like um, I like Jimmy Garvin. So in but, the ring, how much better was Jimmy Garvin than, than Michael Hayes? Oh, I think loads. <laughs> hey, you know, Hayes was Hayes wasn't a royal worker. He was more of a a talker, probably one of the best talkers. But you know, he wasn't. He couldn't wrestle. He, you know, was, when you guys saw him in the ring, it was a lot more brawling and so forth. And that's what I, I like. I like Jimmy Garvin. I just wanted to hear, like, how, that, like you know, as I said, how much better was he then? Yes. Because, like, it's it's so weird to see that, like, he's been with WWE for, like, 20, 20-something years as, like, an agent or whatever, and he's calling matches, and he's notorious for, like, suggesting, like, ridiculous high spots that guys are like, do you want me to die? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so then you just suppose that with, like, you know, the, the, the whole, like, you know, Bad Street, P.S. Hayes, and they're just brawlers, and they're, they're just assholes from Georgia, and, like, it's kind of weird, he's like, wait a second, like, your career, like, your career, like, what you put on tape is, like, so much different than, like, 
what you are as a like as a mind mm-hmm. for for the business is like was it like just like you're athletically limited or what was, what was the situation what's going on or do you have like was that the like philosophy change once you weren't the one taking the bumps anymore right I always wonder crazy man uh it looks like there was one more match on there it was scott mcgee versus bill white any memory of these guys at all mike <laughs> scott mcgee yeah this time he i think he 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 wasn't our guy he didn't have a whole lot of fire good good tactical wrestler but at this point he's probably a uh, jobber at this point he kind of grew into he got a little higher on the you know on card later in later years and won a couple titles but I actually saw a video too of him wrestling Ric Flair for the title. Man, for the title. And I apparently, apparently, him and Flair are friends. From what I understand. Man, it, it, it could have been Scott McGee instead of Ric Flair. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't champion. think I don't think that. <laughs> All right, man. Overall thoughts on this show and the impact and lasting memories that you have of it, Mike. I mean, I was just like I said, it was a fun card. You had so many superstars on the. On the bill, you got you know a lot of guys I hadn't seen before, so you know I can take that away at least a, at least once or twice I got to see some of these guys. Um, but you know it was a typical Florida Championship Wrestling. I thought it was you know my favorite promotion of all time, and I wish they would be showing that on the network. Yeah, I'd watch a hell of a lot more if that the Florida Championship Wrestling was on there because I'm sorry it beats out the world class and all that other stuff they have on there. Yeah, I uh, if they if they cover uh, Florida Championship wrestling on there, like and start putting up like the archive on that, I'd love to cover that on this show. So like, oh, yeah. you know, like just just go watch a random episode and and review it or whatever. But uh, Mike you got time to stick around with us for for a couple more topics uh, of, sure. cur- of current day. Cool yeah, man, you can do that. cool man. Well, you mentioned the whole part about like uh, McGee could have been Rick Flair. I'm thinking, oh, so 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 Buddy Landell. <laughs> No, 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 I didn't say he could be Ric Flair. I said he okay. wrestled him and they yeah, were yeah, friends yeah. or something. No, no, me. I, but, oh, oh, no, he couldn't have been, no. Yeah, no. that's funny. No, he could not be Ric Flair. Oh, man. Nowhere near. So um, there was some video that came out last night. Uh, WWE was in Montreal, and uh, Sami Zayn was beat down by by uh, Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers. And then the most unlikely of guys saved him, apparently. So... Kevin Owens hit music hits in Montreal. Zayn and Owens both from Montreal. He comes out and he cleans house of the Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers, and there's just this long stare down between Owens and Zayn. Is this some? I you know I know they do these things at house shows to yeah, you anything know, can happen. You know to make you know the the people go happy, but is this something they should bring to TV? Because you know Kevin Owens has had this character for quite a long time. And I think he's done well with it, but Kevin Owens as a face, I think is something the world needs. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I think it's, I could see a face turn for him. It's about time. James? I, like, can I get a little bit more run on the, on the hill side first? Oh, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. I mean, he already won the belt. Like, I mean, get, won like, the secondary like, belts. Like, can I get, like, another year? Or, or, like, can I get to at least WrestleMania before this happens? Like, it's too... Like, okay, maybe, maybe my thing is it being about him, like, making the save for Sammy more than it being about actually being a face. For me, I you know, I kind of just wanted to be, like, Personally, where I know it's a house show, but if that had been on TV, 
and he made a save. I personally would have loved like Sami Zayn to come to and like put him and put his fist down his throat. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I never want him to forgive him. Like ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I feel like these guys have to win the tag team titles yeah, at some point. Years, he, yeah, years. And, like, and then Owens turn on his ass again. And, and especially when you look at what's on Raw right now, where it's like Ambrose is is slowly working towards like getting to a point of like being a team with Seth. So like you can't just put no back to back like on on matching programs like right. just mirroring each other. Like obviously. They do that a lot. They do that from from time to time, but not 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 right now. Not right now. Not yet. Not yet. We ain't there yet. So Jared, I understand. Uh, like for me, I I feel like that's the situation where they're in Montreal, and ultimately, Owens is a bigger star than Zayn. So they put Zayn out there because he is the babyface after all, and then they have to pop the crowd. So they bring Kevin out there for that whole thing, and then he rolls out the ring, and leaves. That's that's how I saw it. But nah, man, not nah. I need to save that. Like, if you're gonna do it, then like, do it for real and do it like on TV. Don't don't do it don't, expeditiously. Yeah, don't 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 like play around and have it just willy nilly on a house show, and then all of a sudden supposed to show up like like as if it was the U.S. title thing with AJ. Uh, Jared says um, there are some people who are not meant to turn ever. Like the Miz is a great heel, but a terrible face. He doesn't think Kevin Owens as a face would work. Uh, I would say. It could work. It could work it's because he's here. yeah he's he's everyone loves him already. He's also such a good talker. He can figure it out. Like my whole thing is like if you can talk like that, and if if you can talk like that, and you're already getting cheered as a heel anyway, all you gotta do is stop doing the jerky stuff. Like it still work out. Like I'm not saying like he's gonna be selling. Uh, Kevin Ko Bears, but <laughs> you, you could you could you could link, you could turn him towards being a quote unquote tweener type easily. Uh, Simon Cotton adds in the comments. He says, "Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania 34 for the U.S. title. Then you could possibly do it after that. Maybe well, you, you, that that also would would require WWE to have two full time guys fight each other at a WrestleMania yeah. in a spotlight position. Yeah, and that would mean they would also have to like you know." Push Sami Zayn. <laughs> what up, Caleb? So, um, I don't know. Maybe, hopefully. I, what I really want to see is uh, AJ Styles, uh, like, you know, once he gets past SummerSlam, like, he has open challenge, and one open challenge is Sami Zayn in Chad Gable, whatever. I would it. love to see, I would love to see that sort of thing happen. Or, they might end up, like, throwing, like, Zayn and Chad together on a tag team, and then, like, that's a new squad for the division, and they'll figure it out that way. I don't know. Um, so Mike, there, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, the news break, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman are having a last man standing match tomorrow. If this is anything other than excellent, what will we do? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it should be good, but I don't understand why you got, you, you got a pay-per-view coming up and you have all these guys wrestling each other. It to me, that just kills the waiting for that match at the pay-per-view. You know, they had the triple threat match last week. And, you know, sometimes I think they give away a little too much on TV. And then you got, you know, crappy pay-per-views like the uh, last one, SmackDown. Ooh. But, uh, <laughs> you, know, you, should, you should make those that those matches a little more special and not have them on TV every week. I, I That's think... why. Go ahead. Sorry. Hello? Mike? 
Did we lose you? Oh, yeah. There you are. Yeah, that's why I think sometimes they, they put a little too much of the matches on TV because now we've seen Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman wrestle how many times? It's, it's after a while, it's going to start getting old. And I think this is the perfect match. This is like a feud ender. In yeah. my opinion, yeah. like this, like this should be it. Like yeah. you know, the last one it was kind of definitive. Like with the ambulance match, I thought you know, first thing I thought Strowman won the feud. So if you if they want to do a last man standing match, this is this better be brutal. And um, I feel like this match is like a dead giveaway that Samoa Joe is going to win the title. Why? Because he lost and now he's away from the TV? He's pretty much lost. And I feel like these guys, they're not going to do these two against each other after SummerSlam. So either one of these guys can fight Joe for the title after SummerSlam, I feel like. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I feel like I thought all we saw long, once they did the whole situation at Great Balls of Fire, where they killed off... Or, or try to kill off uh, Strowman, that the whole plan should have been to keep Strowman off TV until the night after SummerSlam, and then whoever is the champion, that's the immediate, or whoever, um, you know, is the top person out of that program immediately um, comes back. Like, let's say you have uh, Roman win it, he, he has to go against Strowman again while trying to protect the belt. Mm-hmm. Or, if, let's say, Joe wins it, then you have Joe, who's the heel and champion, going against basically brand-new babyface Braun, who is now back after being gone for a month ahead and was, like, the like the hottest guy they had in the company just about. So, I, I always thought that that was where they were going, and they decided to bring it back after a week because, of course, they can't let anybody be off TV. They just can't. <laughs> they, have no, they have no type of, like, patience or restraint. Uh, so... I mean, I guess, you know, I guess we're headed towards, I, if, if going based on what you think and what you see on TV, I guess we're heading towards a, a Samoa Joe versus who? Probably Reigns. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm anticipating they're going to give Reigns all these wins before SummerSlam. Um if it's a last man standing, they can get creative with the finish. Like they can either just both like just de- like just kill themselves, and then one guy get up on a Rocky two ending type oh, shit. <laughs> I was say you're gonna do a double ten. I'm like, boy, if that. If that oh my gosh, that, that's fully in in, if, in the realm of possibility. If that ain't some lame shit there. Double ten count. Oh man, can you imagine imagine how long yeah, the episode yeah. of Raw is gonna feel to get to that point. Uh, Mike, you were saying. I think mean, these days now, when you want a promotion, you, when you got a match like that, you can't really have a clear-cut winner because you got to make the other guy look strong. You know, back in the territory days, when guy was leaving, say Dusty Rhodes and Assassin's Feud were over, and they could beat the hell out of him in a steel cage, and that'd be the end of the feud. Now, I mean, you just can't have one guy win. It always got to make somebody look stronger. You know, it's like the ambulance match. Drummond won, but then he got hit by an ambulance. And <laughs> <laughs> Would you think just that would foolish. be a for yourself getting hit? Getting crushed in the ambulance, but I guess not. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. So whatever these guys are planning to do to each other, like I feel like this is not to be missed under any circumstances. This could be the TV match of the year from like the violence that we may see and everything else, and just two big hosses going at it. And Strowman and Reigns when they get together this year in 2017, it has not disappointed. Um, so. Uh, 
my, one of my favorites and an all-time legend um, is gone from the company, James and Mike. Eva Marie is no longer with WWE. Uh, she and WWE announced they were parting ways after four glorious years. And, uh, you know, uh, there is, you know, she... She's a sure first ballot Hall of Famer, so I expected to see uh, to see her at WrestleMania 34 uh, doing a speech and everything. Uh, yeah, lining over the Undertaker, right? Pretty much, yeah. You know, because Undertaker's <laughs> not retired, so <laughs> just let them tell it. They still got Roman Reigns bringing up the Undertaker. Hell, the Undertaker could show up at SummerSlam and, and uh, <laughs> it cost Roman Reigns the match. So basically, and kick him in the dick. So basically, do what they did with Lesnar two years ago. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Hey, Mike, I want to ask you this. Um, if you were booking the company, would you ever have Roman Reigns mention that he retired The Undertaker? Man, that just pisses off a lot of people every time he uh, brings it up. I mean, it's a great thing to have on your resume, but they got to find a way to get him over. So I don't think that's ever going to happen now, but... <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're days. For anybody else, yeah, it'd be a great thing to mention every once in a while. It's a great resume, but man, that just pisses people off. Simon said, "I swear to Christ." <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like a uh, carver in the wire. Yes, exactly. I swear to heaven, Christ, I'm gonna beat you harder and faster, and longer and, than you beat your own dicks. Yeah, like, like dude, that, I just can't. I just don't understand it. Like, I understand the whole thing is like. They're, they're, yeah, he's supposed to be a baby face to the to the to the kids and the uh, women, but he's supposed to be like a heel to the guys. And it's like that sounds good. He's not Cena though, and like Cena like draws, like so maybe not you know antagonize your fan base with a guy that doesn't draw. I don't or or doesn't draw like anybody else to, compared to the next guy. Right. I, it, it, they, <laughs> It's so weird to go through and look at, like, what they've done with this company as far as, like, four years ago or five years ago, as far as, like, them, like, like, their justification for, like, the reason why, like, they were never sure or sold on Daniel Bryan as a guy is, like, even though, like, everything he did was, at the same time, like, better than what Roman did, (laughs) right? And you compare it to now, it's like all that stuff that were like roadblocks for 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 why Brian couldn't make it. Like that shit is like this, that shit don't exist. That for shit Roman. does not exist for Roman at all. Like it's so and it's so frustrating. They're kicking like, and screaming to because, give uh, him the title because like at the, at the end of the day, it's like they they both get it done in the ring. They both do. Like you can say what you want to about Reigns. Reigns has two more longer resume of good pay per view match for someone to say, "Yo, he can't do it in the ring or whatever else." Like. But he has the look, he has the athleticism, he has the size, but like they they like either they give him the mic and then he does nothing, <laughs> or they just never give him the mic and he just basically like the whole thing is like he can't change anybody's opinion. So I was like, well damn, like what you know, y'all just gonna be okay with this? Y'all just okay with just going out line with it? Like he just gets booed out every every TV he's on, every big show for the, for, for, for for rest Forever. of his career. Forever, like he's gonna get booed out of the Hall of Fame in like twenty thirty in, in like twenty thirty. Yeah, <laughs> okay, booed out of the Hall of Fame as a babyface, never turn heel either. <laughs> career babyface, booed out of his, out of the Hall of Fame speech, booed oh, at his man. funeral, booed at his funeral. God damn it. Um, 
So uh, Simon also says, you know what it might have gotten Reigns over? Losing to The Undertaker and then getting beat up by Strowman. I think that's what happened, though. Wait, say that again? I said, you know what might have gotten Reigns over? Losing to The Undertaker and then getting beat up by Strowman. You know what might have gotten Reigns over? A time machine so we can go back and keep Daniel Bryan out of the 2015 Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> like, unless, unless you hop in the time machine. That's literally that, it. There's nothing you can do. Or, or you hop in the time machine and go to that 2014 and he throws out Batista. Right. Those that's are the it. only two options. Or, that's it. Or, he wins the WWE title at Money in the Bank as a surprise. In 2014. In 2014. Right after, yeah. That's like. Unless you're going back in time, unless you unless you saw this space time continuum thing, <laughs> it, it's done. It's it, it's over. Like like the what is it? The cows have already came home on that. Yes. The, 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 uh, the you're sorry. the DeLorean out. Nicholas yeah. Nicholas says. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's over. Like he's only going to be like at a certain level. Like he's only going to be at a certain level as far as a, as a um a, a, a top guy. Like they like. They were so they did so well with that dude for two years, and then like for it to be about the time where they're about to you know see what to do and, and they they mess it up so badly, um, just because they weren't even thinking about it. like I was actually listening back on the the Brian video in 2015 of the Royal Rumble. Oh man, and that must have been great. He said, and yeah, Alvarez said that he was talking to somebody in the company. About like what the hell are you guys doing? Why is Daniel Bryan back? Like, do you think about like what this will mean? And the dude replied to him, eh, "We didn't even think about that." And in my mind, I'm like, "Me and you, when this happened, we're like, I think even four Roman when he came back, we we're like, bro, do y'all didn't realize that like they're going into a point where like everybody wants Bryan to still win, and like it's only two guys can win, and then like that's immediately what happens. He gets thrown out, and the crowd immediately goes like, oh my god." There was only two guys who win this thing. They chose a guy no one wanted to see win over the other guy. Let's boo the, let's rain booze upon me. And they knew, and they even knew it was such. We'll bring back the 2015 not, Royal Rumble until the day this show ends. We're not, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going back into like going through like what they did with that with this fucking show. Like I'm like they they ruined. They ruined, ruined the business. They like, ruined, like they, ruined, <laughs> they ruined the next star, and they, yeah. and they haven't even like moved off of them because they ruined them. Like it's it's so bad. Like imagine if like for example, Simon says I mean, go back in time and pick Dean Ambrose over Roman Reigns. That that Rumble fixes everything. I'm not sure I about that. I I don't even wrap my mind around around the, the Dean Ambrose thing. I, what I will say is like imagine if like Sting doesn't beat. Uh, Flair and '89 ba- uh, Great American Bash, and then like they and then like they continue to go around, go down the road with Sting after that, after losing. Like no, do you mean the '90 Amer- Great American Bash? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, like imagine that. It's like uh, you know, we we completely like neutered this dude. Like we we've irreparably harmed this guy when it was time when it was the right time, and we're just going to continue forward. Oh man, and push through. Like no, just. Ugh. So back to Eve Marie, um, okay. who's who's no longer with <laughs> WWE. Um, I was an Eve Marie guy uh, for many reasons. I thought she had more heat than everyone. I thought she had star quality. Uh, I didn't think she was a great wrestler. Obviously, I did think she got better though, and she's better than what Lana's doing right now. And that that might not be saying much, but 
I think she was just miscast for the era that she was in. You know, we had the four horsewomen running around, but I will go to my grave thinking that her match against Bailey in NAC. So what you're saying is that she would have been a star had we gone back to an era when we didn't respect women as wrestlers and they were doing bra and panty matches and they were like then they were like, <laughs> you know showing their their fake noggins with uh, with handprints over the top. She could have been a star in this era. It was just would have depended on not how you a, did. Not it. as a wrestler. No, not as a wrestler. She had to be a manager. She would, she could have Yep, she, she could have put together a stable. She could have been like the, the woman million dollar corporation. She could have like figured something out because right. I will go to my, as I was saying, I will go to my grave thinking the match she had against Bailey at NXT was one of the greatest examples of like crowd manipulation and WWE being aware of what people actually think of someone and then using it and then beating that person like and not having like like basically putting the belt on her and fucking up like the organic you know thing that was built in NXT like that shit was would have drawn I feel like maybe or they could do in typical WWE fashion nowadays and just like oh we know all we know nobody actually wants to see this well because we're not because we're so bad at like actually like making feel good moments let's let's piss you off and let's have uh, even rewind the title. Right, so, like she wouldn't have to win the title though. She would just have to be around <laughs> the title. But they, I, I, I wouldn't really trust them to pl- to walk that line. Well, I'm sorry, this is NXT compared to WWE. If this was the main roster, she would have won the title. Yeah, she would have won the title. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I wrote a column like back in the day uh, around like the when she was doing all that training with Brian Kendrick. Mm-hmm. It was basically saying like you know. It was like, give Eva a chance or something like that. Because that was like around that whole big, give Divas a chance thing. I was like, I mean, you got to give them a chance. But let's not be selective on who we give a chance to. Because they all offer like something unique. That's fair. Um, the belt, we still saw what happened after the bell rung though. True. We did see what happened after the bell rung. But at that time, we didn't. Like for me. At whole- that time, we didn't. Because yeah, all we true. saw were, were, the, were the videos of, of her working uh, with Brian Kendrick. But and it, I think her promos actually, when she came back to NXT, were very self-aware, and I feel like they were very like, I know what y'all what y'all are thinking. Okay, so let's fast forward to after the draft that she's on uh, main roster. I don't know what the and fuck. Then they like did. the whole thing is like the whole gimmick is like how she is procrastinating and kicking the can down the road to avoid actually wrestling, and then she gets popped for for uh, a wellness violation. And never, and never is seen again. Yeah, like a one month suspension turned to a full year and a, and a release. I don't know what happened in in uh, SmackDown, but WWE dropped the ball with her because they they could have figured something out. And whatever, what, what did you think of Eva Marie, Mike? Uh, I didn't see too much of her wrestling, but I liked the little angle they had her when she started at SmackDown. You know, not showing, you know, not wrestling and hurting her knee or. I thought that was a nice little thing they did with her, but you know, not everybody has to be a great worker to to be in there. But yeah, she probably would have been better as a valet or a manager. Well, I got a question for you. Yeah. Why in the hell is Lana wrestling? <laughs> I liked oh, her character when she first came in. Rusev. Oh, she was she like the manager, and that's why I think what it need. You need to get a couple managers in there. Some of these guys definitely need a manager, but they had just totally ruined Lana with. The Dolph Ziggler thing, and they just they've just yeah. ruined her ever since then. She shouldn't be wrestling. That's just 
That's embarrassing. Yeah, she I, when when she first came in, I thought she was just like absolutely dynamic, explosive on yeah. the mic, awesome look, had the crowd in her in her hands, and pretty much could work like she could talk with anyone for anything you need her to get over. She could do. James? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it came ultimately down to the the what we've always heard about Vince. Vince hates managers. Mm-hmm. Like, other than Heyman, who's been a successful manager uh, since 2000, uh, in this decade. I mean, I would argue her first year was a success. Yeah, that's true. Like, when, when she came out and got that, that interest with Roosevelt at WrestleMania 31, right. like, that shit was like... Yo, they, uh, so they when came for. When are we going to use a steal a Russo on top of the tank for shoot Saturday? Oh are yeah, we, we need to or use have that. We already done that. We haven't done that yet. Okay. That can be that can be next week. Yes. So like that was a. So for me, it's just like okay. So you have that's pretty much it. Like it's Rusev, it's Heyman. I'm sorry, not Rusev. Sorry, it's Lana. It's Heyman. Anybody else you can think of? Hmm. The dude that came out with Tensai. His, his, his young boy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, something Moto, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, I almost called him Quasimodo, but that's a hunt back from Notre, from Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't I, know, I, man. I can't think of anybody else. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. AJ Lee with like Ziggler or Brian, maybe? I don't know. Well, Maurice. Oh, yeah. Well, she's not really a man. Yeah, fine, sure. That counts. She's she's sitting there on the side. She's always helping them cheat. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. It's 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 a uh, it's an interesting uh, question. Like, why, why is Lana wrestling? Um, and had and it's had what three or four world title shots. Yeah, yeah. But she can squash. So I mean, I don't really think it really. I mean, they don't really care about the title as long as oh, we'll just get Naomi a victory over over uh, over somebody that's not actually you know a wrestler, and that'll get her over. Like, like yeah. well, they, they threw her out there just to like, just because they want her interest on TV, more or less. Yeah, I guess we only have five people in your world title division. You got to wrestle somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike, my, my, what are your overall thoughts on like uh, the road we're headed to with SummerSlam, and as far as like you know the the profile of the matches and and feeling about how how good you think the card's going to be as compared to last year or, e- or even WrestleMania. Well, I don't think it's going to match WrestleMania. I don't know how this gender match is going to be. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I'm sure people are going to have a fit if gender walks out with the title. Um, you know, AJ versus uh, Owens, is, we've seen it seven, eight times now. That's the only thing I probably have. You've seen the same seen the same matches over and over. I'm, yeah, I look forward to the four-way match. It should be pretty good. Um I think who else is wrestling on the card? Uh, they've got Bray Wyatt taking off Finn Balor. They've got Dean Ambrose and Rollins teaming up to fight Sheamus and Cesaro, which I think could be the match of the night. Yeah, I think it'd be good as long as Dean Ambrose isn't wrestling the Miz again. <laughs> uh, I've seen that five hundred times now. And apparently, it seems like they're not actually going to go with a Miz versus Jason Jordan match. We need to talk about that. So the Miz, for all the excellence the Miz shown. Showed from July to, I guess, WrestleMania, right? Mm-hmm. It was a tragedy that he was taken from SmackDown. I'm slowly coming to that conclusion. How in God's green earth is The Miz, the man that single-handedly 
resuscitated the Intercontinental title, made Dolph Ziggler look like he was worth a damn, shot on a coward, and basically stood in there while John Cena hurled 50 tons of dirt on top of him in the buildup to WrestleMania. And then he had good matches with Dean Ambrose after that on pay-per-view. How is this man not going to be on the SummerSlam card? While y'all got Jinder Mahal holding the fucking world title on SmackDown (laughs) that The Miz should have been holding. How, James? Because they don't care about the quality of their TV from segment to segment. They have plans. Oh, my gosh. And they they don't let anything get in the way of their plans. Like they're they're short. The only time they ever pivot on something is, is one of their one of the guys that they like like gets hot, which is almost never. But you know, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't really do that. Like unless they pick you and you and you get and you build some momentum, they don't run with you. Like Braun Strowman built up momentum and then they ran with him. Like Miz picks up momentum and they say, "All right, we already tried this. We'll, we'll, we'll move you to the you know." We'll we'll do this with you, but like we're only gonna get certain yards to a certain height, and you can't tell me because of the ring work. Because like I mean, Miz isn't that like Miz and, and gender is as far as in the ring work. Like there's not too much of a difference between the two. I feel like the Miz has been in way better matches than uh, gender has. He has, but he's also had opportunities to be in the ring with like, for example, like the was it uh, Extreme Rules. Yeah. Was, would have had a four way between like the Intercontinental four way yeah. last year. Yeah, it was Cesaro, like, yeah, Owens, and insane. Zane. Like, you, yeah. I mean, those are like you know three of the what twenty or thirty, forty best wrestlers in the world. You know, so it's it's a weird thing with him. I mean, and, like his whole thing is like if he's going to get something over in a match, it's going to be the storytelling. It's not going to be the the athleticism and, and grace. It's going to be that. I mean, because he works a soft style. Like um, him and him, and that's one thing. Like why, like some of those Ambrose matches, like either they're good or they're bad because either they just look like they're having a pillow fight, or like they get over the storytelling in their matches. And it comes down to where like you need a big stage to get over the storytelling. Uh, we had a question from Simon. He asked, "Should Jinder Mahal versus Nakamura be a squash match?" I I do that, but they're not. Like, dude, um, like, like, Ultimate Warrior and a Hoggy Talk I have Man. A for both of you guys. Yeah. Are you ready for Nakamura USA chance? <laughs> <laughs> you know how they do that. There's a full, there's a foreign heel, and then you put a non American in the ring, and people aren't really concerned about, like, the baby face as much as, like, wanting to, like, put out, like, the pro-USA stuff, so, like, they'll do, they'll chat USA for a Japanese wrestler, hoping that Japanese wrestler beats the the fake Punjab guy, or the fake Indian guy. So, like, that's, that's where we're headed right now. I can see oh, it yeah. now. Uh, I, I fully, I, I believe I said this in the group, uh, Mike, I fully believe that Nakamura at some point in this build-up will say something, something to the effect that of like the United States of America has given us both this opportunity to come here, and how could you basically, you know, disrespect this country? Like, come on, man! I don't want to hear that out of Nakamura's mouth. Yeah. Now the whole U.S. thing is so old. You know, it's been, you know, doing a whole foreign person. It's, it's time to start something new. I mean, I've, they've been doing out the Russians and all that for decades. Yeah. 
Like Nicole yeah, Wolfman on for how long now? Still doing stuff in the fifties. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas like, says uh, he's glad it's not Cena versus gender. Perfect example, right? You were talking like who was in the main event of uh, the Tangle in Tampa? Who was a special guest referee? Fritz von Erich. It was Fritz von Erich. Gimmick. Former Nazi. He was a fucking <laughs> exactly. He was a Nazi. Like that. Like this is what we're talking about. Like, like I don't even. There's no like. Just like wrestling has so much like of that in it. So much of that. Yeah. You you. It's up to you to describe. Or up to you to like determine for you what that is. But they right. have so much of that in it. Yeah. Um. You went a Nazi to being a hero in Texas. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> with, with three boys, all American boys. Yes, you know. Yes. Oh man. Um, so um, yeah, man. I I I, I would. Um, I saw this theory floated out um, online. Uh, JD, uh, I was watching him one of his videos. Uh-huh. So Baron Corbin cashes in during the match. Pins Jinder Mahal, steals the title. Nakamura is protected. Basically, Nakamura is the one that ends up doing the damage, the Kinshasa or whatever. Lays out Jinder Mahal. Uh, they turn it into a three-way with no rules. Baron Corbin steals the WWE title. Uh-huh. Nakamura chases him and does it that way. So basically, so basically WrestleMania 30, basically like the aftermath of exactly. WrestleMania 31 had brought like stayed right. and wrestled to get his belt back as opposed to going away for months because he doesn't actually care that he lost his belt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, all right. I mean, it, it makes sense. I just, you know, I, I except for one problem, I never want to see Nakamura and <laughs> Barry Corbin wrestle ever again. Yes. Like, there's, I agree. There's that little issue. I agree. Uh, what did you? I, I, I know you didn't see that, um, like that pay per view, Mike. Uh, but the Nakamura and Baron Corbin matches, something just isn't right. Well, the SmackDown match is good. Well, SmackDown match was good. Yeah, but the main, but the you can't like have your TV match be better than your pay per view match. Yeah, I, uh, I don't. Yeah, it's just bad. Um, we had another question from Jeremy. It was, would you like to see Johnny Gargano be the guy to oh, defeat sorry, say that again? Johnny Gargano? Well, we'll start from the beginning. Said, so, would you like to see Johnny Gargano? Yes. <laughs> Leave WWE. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, would you like to see Johnny Gargano be the guy to dethrone Neville eventually? Hmm. Mike, you have any opinion on this? Uh, who I don't even know who Johnny Gargano. I'm blanking on Johnny Gargano. Okay, so do you watch NXT? Uh, occasionally, I don't get to see it much. Okay, so the tag team DIY, the dude with hair. Okay, okay, now I know who you're talking about. Yeah, okay, basically like um, yeah, basically like the. Uh, uh, the Ricky, basically the Ricky Morton of their team. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather see Austin Aries, but I guess that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They, they got to do something with that cruiserweight. I mean, I have probably, probably have the cruiserweight thing is that you see a guy for two, three weeks like Rich Swan, and then you don't see him again for two months. Yeah. Um. I- I would go for it because um, Neville, I think, has elevated himself 
to such a level that only he is on, and you kind of got to bring the other guys up there with him, and I don't want to see him lose to Arya Davari. I don't want to see him lose to Tony Nese. I don't want to see him lose to Mustafa Ali, who I think is a great wrestler. I want to see, like, and this plays into what WWE has done. Apparently, they were not going to resign. They're not resigning Rey Mysterio. Yeah, he's going to like global global force because I think it's the thing about dates. And I think that would have been a perfect opportunity for SummerSlam to have Neville come out there and say, I have destroyed the Cruiserweight division for the last eight to ten months. There is no competition left. It's SummerSlam. Who wants it? Booyaka, booyaka, 619, and, you know, just let people well, I, would lose their minds. Well, my thing is, if you're Ray, like, do you want to be on 205 Live? Or are you like, yeah, hey, to be. I'm, a for, I'm, a former, I'm a former world champion in this company. Like, I've held, actually, I've held both belts. Like, I don't, like, isn't he a Grand Slam? He's a Grand Slammer, isn't he? Yeah, I, I want to say he is. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm basically a first belt Hall of Famer for this company. I'm not going to do your freaking Cruiserweight show. He doesn't have to do the cruiserweight show. Uh, well, I mean, if he's going to be fighting Neville like this one like, like, yeah. it's, it's a one-off. Like okay. you come in and right. you do that job to, to right. the boy Neville, right. and uh, you know, okay. however you want to do it. Okay, all right, but that's what you're saying. Like, I don't want to see Ray like fighting like t- like on TV. Like, first off, like I don't want one reason. I'm being since I might be selfish, right? I do not want to see. Him on two five live because like I don't want to have to watch two two five live. Oh wow! And if he goes, if he goes to two five live, he's gonna have to start watching. And like I watch enough wrestling as it is. Yeah, hey, man, it's good. Like, can he just go to SmackDown? Like he's he's a SmackDown person. Like he was one of the, the six, one of the uh, original one of the original SmackDown six. Like let him be. There. What would you rather see him wrestle, Jinder Mahal or Neville? <laughs> I'd rather see him fight Neville all day, every day. Well, I mean, honestly, like, I get what you're right. I can't, I can't even argue that one. That's absolutely right. But like, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I just too. What up, Jeremy? Like, it, it's so obscure. Like, so when you guys started this whole thing about like, do I want to see Johnny Gargano like fight Neville for two or five live? And I was like, I'm, I just want to hear y'all opinion. Because for me, I'm like, dude, like. I want so much more. I want so much more for Johnny Gargano. You want a better life for him? Yes, I want. I want, I want that, like I want that man to like you know to grow. Like honestly, you know, without restrictions. Like I want that man to like be on the main roster. Like if Chad Gale's on a two or five line Kalisto, why does he have to be? Right. Like, just let you know. Let him you know do something else. Like you had Neville Please. come out there and say, I'm folding the division. There's no competition. I am closing yeah. this up. I'm retiring this title. Like, like, Neville, <laughs> Neville, should, like ne- Neville should get to a point where like eventually like he is so old, like he kills the division for so long that he's just like, I'm done. Here's your belt. I'm going to the main roster. Yeah. I'm going back to the main roster. This is absurd. Because we are like getting to a point of like, this is like lunacy. And I mean, given what we're what's going on with the uh, the UK scene as far as like there is no ICW thing popping off so like they have basically cooled off so much on them actually doing a UK show like maybe like bring like those dudes maybe in? bring Pete Dunn um or no, I'm sorry not Dunn but uh but Dunn's the Bruce Wayne right yeah bring Beta 
mm-hmm. and have him be the, the, the focal point of the 205 Live. Because he's incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. So, so it was done. Like, yeah, they both like, are. Like, they're but both like, like, I saw, like, I saw their, uh, the Chicago ma- match, and I saw, I was like... He did some shit, They're yeah. both great, but, like, Bate is... Like, I see why they chose a freaking 19-year-old kid or whatever. Uh-huh. I see it. Like, that dude's incredible. That dude should be on TV over here. Or, like, he should not be, like, on... Like, just be basically holding... Like, wrestling on... Pro- was it is he progress or is it... Rent? Progress, I want to say. Okay, like, he needs to be, like, on... A star. He, he make, making that cash. TV. Yeah, like, he, he, he's so talented. Like, either... He needs to be, like, in Japan or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, getting bigger dates. He's incredible. Yeah, man. But, um, that's pretty much... I think, I think we made it through our whole thing, so we can end the podcast portion. We got a question, actually, from Nick that I want to do group exclusive. So if you guys are listening to this show, make sure you join the Wrestling Square Circle Facebook group. Mike, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, you're more than welcome to hang out with us for the um, uh, group exclusive portion. But um, okay. the, uh, you know... Do you? I know you don't do the social media much, but if you want to talk to Mike in the group, his name is Mike Rash. You can tag him; he'll always respond. Uh, anything like that. But any final thoughts on uh, WWE at the moment? Um, yeah, no, I kind of find myself uh, when I'm watching the shows now, fast forwarding a lot more than I used to. Mm. So uh, I don't know. Something needs to change, you know, creative or something, but. I don't think anything's gonna happen for a while until Vince uh, kicks off. And <laughs> <laughs> Vince McMahon will outlive us all. So yes. yeah. <laughs> you're not allowed to be sick. All right, all right. No, sni- yeah. no sick, no sneezing, nothing. But um, that's gonna wrap up the show. Uh, make sure you guys check out SocialSuplex.com uh, all throughout the week for the Lattice Lariat series for Jeremy Donovan's G1 series. We just got to the ninth edition, so he's powering through on the marathon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and what do, what do we have? We have SummerSlam coming in a couple weeks, yeah. so we will have full coverage. Uh, this is One Nation Radio. Peace.